He said, you have to make every mark as though the world depends on it. So he was, he was saying, you have to be bold. Welcome to the Bold Moves How Did You Know podcast, a podcast for the naturally curious who want to define their own path. I'm your host, Kristen Rocco, and here I'm sharing bold move stories that propelled my guests from curiosity to action. And in doing so, they've defined a path that is purposeful to them. Through these stories, I hope you'll be inspired to pursue your boldest dreams. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Seth Ruggles Heiler. He is an artist based in Brooklyn, New York. His first creative inspiration was the natural landscape of the northern New Jersey farmland at the ripe age of six years old. His passion for art only grew over the next 12 years, and he went on to study art at Syracuse University, where his creative interests bloomed in, into portraying the spirit of humans and the communities they create. He then studied figurative oil painting at the New York Academy of Art, earning his Master's of Fine Arts. As a professional artist, Seth has been featured in solo and group shows from the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to the world-famous art Basel in Miami. His art has been commissioned by renowned people you all have heard of, including Broadway star and actor Billy Porter. Currently, Seth is also a drawing and painting professor for the Bard Early College Network, where he not only teaches, but mentors many aspiring artists. Hi, Seth. How are you? And thank you for being here. I'm doing great, Kristen. Thank you for having me. You are my cousin through marriage. And I I always like when I met you for the first time, I just I felt like we had just this amazing like synergy and spark. And so and I was always in awe about your career as a professional artist. So I can't wait to bring your story to these listeners. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, we welcomed you into the family with open arm. I wanted to have you on my podcast because, gosh, it just feels like being an artist is a really dedicated profession. Like, you know, you have to put in so much hard work, so much passion, so much energy to make it as a professional artist. So I'd love for you to start with your journey and how you discovered your um passion for painting and for art at this really early age. I think I read in the bio, you were six when you kind of discovered that this was a, a passion of yours. Um, yeah, and I would say it was more of how my family recognized my initial interest and, and talent uh, for drawing and painting. And it was actually uh, in preschool, uh, my parents went to the open house and we all had done these little cutout portraits of ourselves that were like taped on the back of chairs. My parents were like, not only did yours look like a human, it actually looked like you. So that's when they they knew they should send me to some some extra art classes. And uh, I started to, to really develop things at a young age. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So your parents actually helped kind of put you in that direction to fine tune your skills or to get you to hone your passion anyway, or, or for it to even become a passion, I suppose. How would you know at six, it was a passion? Yeah. I don't, I don't know when the, the official passion uh, label comes, but um, 
<laughs> I definitely, definitely was very, very into drawing and painting. A lot of animals and wildlife. I actually studied with a wildlife artist starting when I was eight. Like a, a woman locally who painted, um, sort of painted animals and nature. Um, so I really, I really focused on that in my childhood. And then I got more into portraiture uh, in college. I was asked to do this project called the Spirit of Lanterns Awards. Um, where we honored people. Uh, I was programmed through the university and we honored people from the, the, the community of the city who dedicated their lives to service in many different ways. And I went and photographed them and painted them from the photographs. Um, and it was, it was, that was definitely uh, a marker in my journey of really understanding the power of, of portraiture and portraying like a whole community of people. So having all these different parts of the community come together and capturing the likeness and essence of each person, but then you're capturing like the spirit of the whole, whole community. So um, that really brought me to focus on that throughout my career. I've done different, portrayed different communities. Mm, that's so interesting. You talked about the power of, of the, I think you said the power of the painting of the community or something like that and what was the feedback that you got from your painting from the community you know what sort of um sentiment did it did it give them to have the the portrait come to life in that way uh well these were all these were all very uh humble people um because obviously they're just generous in all different ways um in the life of the city um and they were all like a little taken aback of their own portrait or maybe a little shy about it, but of all the other portraits that were in each exhibition, they were just like real excited for the other, other person. So I think that kind of built, built that community feel. Um, in my early, in my early thirties, I did a project in Montclair, New Jersey, where I partnered with a um, local gallery that really served as a community center in that section of the town. And I painted 45 portraits from life. And it was, uh, it was a transformative experience. And that also really brought the community together because people would be like, oh, are you being painted? Or they'd come in and they'd see other people on the walls hanging in the gallery as the project was in process. Um, and then I was like that artist guy in the street um, that people would would wave to and be like, oh, you're doing that project. So, um, so yeah, it's it. There is the power of of community within portraitures when you work in in that way in a series. Is that what helped you maintain momentum? Like, wh why not? So many people have a knack for art right but they end up giving it up in pursuit of maybe a more traditional path in corporate america but you chose to continue on you know with your passion so was the momentum for your continuing to cultivate your natural talent because of that feel that you got from people and from community that made you know that you were right on the right path i would say yes definitely definitely um and so I work in series a lot, portraying people, but I also, a muse of mine is Mother Nature. Uh, so that is another huge inspiration for me. And I were always work in series. 
So I developed pieces, like numerous pieces at the same time. So the series are cohesive, like in style and approach. Um, and I would say that's something that pushes me along is, is trying to have this group of, of paintings kind of represent this this larger thing. And when it's nature, sometimes it's a certain place, like I focus on the Hudson Valley or the Catskill Mountains, or sometimes I focus on certain animals. But it's like that kind of pushes me because like the paintings kind of talk to each other and and it's like trying to bring it all together and finish it and then present it and share it. That's another motivating factor in my through my process, I would say. You just made me think that there's two parts to your work. One is the very individual piece of it where you're in the work itself and you're trying to craft this work of art and make it come to life in the way that you envision it. And then the second part is the getting it out in the world part where now you're ready to have other people react to it, which I think is a really interesting way to work, right? It's like you get to kind of have these two very different parts of yourself, right? Like the 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 part that gets to be really um, innovative and and creative in your work and then bringing it out into the world where you get the feedback. Do you like both parts of of that where you get to be you know in the work itself self-reflective kind of in your own uh you know in your own lane for a while while you're creating and then the opposite which is that real public um part of it where you're sharing it with the community you're at the galleries presenting your work you're having conversations about your work do you feel like that's a good um reflection of your personality uh, no, I I really do like that connection to the people looking at it. And I'm always really interested in seeing how the work's received and seeing what each person gets from the work because everyone will see something different in it. Everyone will notice something a little different. Sometimes the same people, when they see it multiple times or spend more time with a piece, they'll discover something new. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to put it out in the world. And that, that definitely is, is another motivator because you can, you can feel really alone in the studio, although it's nice and cozy and you have your creative time and you're really fortunate and lucky to have that. If you can ca carve that space. Um, it's, it's really great to, to see how it is affecting people. And, and of, of course there, there's in person and in, in galleries. Um, but then of course there's, you can share it online. And I'm always really surprised when I run into people that I haven't seen or I talk to people and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching what's going on with your art. And I just forget like, oh, like the social media algorithm works. Like the people I know get to see my work, experience it, even if, even if I don't realize it. So it's, it's good to know that it's, it's having an effect. That must be so cool too when you you do run into people who want to talk about your art because you understand your personal motivations and intentions with creating the piece but you get another layer from people when talking to them about what it means to them and the significance it has for them which must be fulfilling as an artist i would imagine 
Well, the, the fact is that it once I'm done, once I decided I've decided that, okay, this is done, which is also a really tricky thing to decide sometimes. But once it's done, it's not mine anymore. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter why I made it. It doesn't matter why I chose the things I, I chose, like the colors or the composition. It just matters what people receive from it. So, um, but that's what I find so interesting is seeing what people receive from it. And I'm not offended if, if, if it's not anywhere close to my intention, because my intention really doesn't matter once the make making is done, you know? I wanted to actually kind of take us back a minute into how your style has evolved over time. I would love, you know, the listeners to kind of learn about where you started in, in the types of work that you produced and what you're doing now. So can you kind of take us through that evolution of your journey with um, what types of art, what type of art you create? Sure. Um, I would say that I started with realism, trying to portray things in a real way. And I still have realism within my work. Sometimes there's fully abstract pieces, but most of the time um, it's trying to portray a certain place or person or thing or, or essence of that. But I would say that I've moved further away from realism into kind of more expression and more abstraction. You could call it expressive realism, abstract realism. I don't know, all these terms. Um, but they usually are referencing something. There's something that it's symbolizing or connecting to or different parts. But it get it's gotten like looser and and more more wild and more movement um as I've gone on. Sometimes depending on the project, sometimes there's certain things I have to do. You have to go go back to being more realistic. Um but I would say that's that it's just been a journey from a certain starting point with that to where I am now. Definitely. Yeah. I think when I, okay, I have this very vivid memory and I thought this was the coolest thing ever. So um, I suppose when, when Greg and I first got married and so, you know, we, we knew each other, but not for a very long time. We had I said, and I up. sang at your wedding too. Yeah, yeah, I know you did a great <laughs> job. So you are a man of many talents, not just uh, art, but also singing. Yes, that one's not professional. That, that one's not professional. <laughs> That's a hobby. <laughs> um, I moved up to New York, or Greg and I moved up to New York, which you know, and then uh, of course you you live there. And one of the very first memories I have of being in New York is you're inviting us to one of your shows at a gallery. And I thought, this is the most unique and, and truly New York experience. Like I just was so in awe of the fact that I got to go to this art show um, with you as, as you know, one of the, the artists uh, showing your work. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So. It's just such a big memory that sticks out in my head around uh, getting introduced for the first time, really, to to your work. I obviously knew you were an artist, but hadn't ever been surrounded by what you do like I had been in that moment. And I think that show, you know, you were in the very much in the portrait phase of your career. And now, as you've gone forward and evolved, you're you're focusing more on landscape. What has what was the 
drive for that evolution? Or is there something tangible that you can speak to around what caused the evolution from the portraits to now focusing more on landscape? I do. I do still revisit portraits and um, do them from time to time. My One of my favorite things is having a person sit across from me and me paint them and to have that connection. I like to like talk while while I'm painting them. Usually it's people I know, but then I get to know them even more deeply. Um, but I've just been kind of obsessed with with nature lately. Last semester, I was going up to the Hudson Valley to teach a course and I would um, stay over on Wednesday nights at a friend's and it was right near this park where there was this like it took five minutes to climb up this hill and then you had the view of the entire Catskill mountain range beyond the whole Hudson Valley, Hudson River Valley. And I would go up there repeatedly. So I went throughout the semester, maybe like three, three times a month. Um, and I would do pastels, do pencil drawings, do photo sessions, take photographs. Um, and then I was like, I need to make a show out of this. I need to really kind of take what I've started, what I've notated through my drawing um, and make, they're called like studio paintings, like bring back your research into the studio and, um, and then do like a bigger, more finished painting. And uh, so it's, I've kind of been obsessed with that process at that location. And also I go up to the Catskill mountains um, on a regular basis and I, I like not just like that long view of them from a distance, but being like within the woods and having kind of the depths of the trees and lakes and foliage and, and everything. Um, so I guess it's just, it's just what's really sparking my interest uh, at the moment. Cause I respond to what I surround myself with. Um, but uh, I would, if a, a opportunity for a cool portrait project came up, um, next week, I'd probably definitely consider it, consider it. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that, 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 uh, phase is over yet. I'm summing up what, you know, some of the things, the ways in which you think in themes and I'm just, it makes me think about how I process this in my own life, but I I'm feeling from you and what you're saying that you get really inspired by connection. So sitting across from somebody doing their their portrait that's an opportunity to connect and almost um you can do that through obviously conversation but you're able to use your natural skills uh to do that through art which is really cool and then the other one is curiosity with the landscape right where and I think that's a lesson that we can take away from a lot of you know from artists from you from art other artists which is like being really curious about when you're outside or wherever you are, it's like, what, how can you look at things a little differently? What can you pay attention to that you may not have seen had you just been in your own thoughts, right? Um, so, so I think those are two really cool themes that I'm kind of pulling out from this conversation is connection and curiosity that can really help us hone more of our interests um yeah so two two things on that one on the like when a 
person is sitting for me for a portrait and and talking to them and being curious about them the conversation itself and the interaction itself gives mm -hmm. me options of how to paint them like what their expressions are like yeah if humor comes out if if there's like this deep pondering there um so it gives it really gives like multiple multiple emotions to explore and i also like going back and revisiting sittings with the same person sometimes i'll i'll take pictures and work on it in between but i really like to if i'm working on a decent sized portrait i really like to do at least three sittings and each time you come back it's different and you even beyond the emotions like what whatever they're wearing sometimes they'll wear something different and the color of the shirt will reflect differently off their face or maybe the lighting situation is, is a little altered so it's giving these choices and you're getting that connection and then in nature that's why i like to revisit the same spot in nature as well because you're you're kind of learning the different sides of its personality and um and I keep thinking of this idea of like, I'm doing the drawing to notate what I see. It's the visual research. But just as important is, is the fact that I'm stopping and I'm just connecting to what I'm seeing and feeling. And I'm not thinking about uh, the world and my own life. And that just clears kind of this pathway or this connection to nature. And then I can bring that back if I'm going to, back to the studio, if I'm gonna continue exploring sp specific images and places and times. I'm just thinking that I want to, in my own life, have that artist mindset, be a little bit more curious, being intentional, I think, a little bit more um, I think that's something that I'm going to learn from this conversation, right, is is not letting things just pass by. It's really just kind of being in the moment, paying attention, exploring. I think that's a little that is the artist's way. And I think we can all learn from that. It, it's I think it's helpful as well when we can do that to be more grounded and present and in the moment versus, you know, I think what a lot of people are in which is the whirlwind of life, you know? Um, so many different responsibilities and priorities all the time. Uh, the days can just fly by, you know? Oh yeah, well, I would I would say that, you know, you don't have to be a professional artist or an aspiring artist. Everyone can draw. Everyone can look at something and make marks and try to reflect it on their paper. So I would say that yes have that discipline to take five minutes a day and choose choose an object that's important to you try to do a sketch of it and you can revisit that object or do a series of objects that are important to you or go outside and sit on a bench and draw a tree hmm. it's you don't you don't need training to do that you just you just mm -hmm. need to observe and that really lets really let's as long as you don't listen to that voice in your head that's going you're horrible at this and you're not doing this right it's like no you look at it at a time to get away from that voice in your head talking about <laughs> how bad things are in life <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well i have to disagree with you in terms of everybody can put 
drawing on a paper. I mean, if you saw my art, Seth, uh, you would be highly disappointed. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe a little yeah. direction can help because that's because I believe I believe that I can teach anyone that that with with instruction anyone can learn. There's just a few things I need to point out, and okay. I'm sure you'd be on your way. So next time Wait, I see you, okay. Oh, I was gonna say, let's take thirty minutes next time I see you in person to uh, get some instruction because I could use some serious help. It won't with, even take uh, that long. It won't even take okay. that long. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to it. Not All right, we've spoken about <laughs> the creative side of being an artist. I want to get into the business side of being an artist. At the opening of the show, you know, I highlighted my interest in interviewing you from both of these different perspectives. You know, I just, there's something so admirable about the creativity that comes out of art that I'm super excited about. And also though, there's that, the, you know, the bold moves part of this podcast on your dedication, your motivation, your resilience, you know, that you really need to, become a professional artist. That takes a lot of hard work, I would imagine. <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to ask you about that. And you've been successful in the fact that your work has been exhibited in various galleries, many different art shows, mentioned Art Basel in Miami. So I'm curious to know, what are some of these challenges that you've had to face and overcome to get your art recognized and appreciated in the art community? It can be a lifelong process to have your work recognized. Um, but the best experiences I've had in showing my work are through the relationships I've developed. So just like any other field, any other any other thing you do it it comes down it comes down to the relationships so you want to create relationships with other artists and that is that is just for support even not even on the professional side that's for support in your own studio to keep you motivated and keep each other motivated and going but then also everyone has their own resources everyone has the connections to different associations, different galleries, different arts groups, and then they they can start to share them with other people they trust. And it's just really about this kind of economy of giving, like giving of your time, giving of your talent, giving of your input. And when there's when there's a reciprocity there, things things just start to grow. And I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, you're starting as an artist, you, you know, you help out at some kind of community art fair and tomorrow you're going to be in a museum. But maybe there's a local there's, there's a local museum that's doing a juried show that someone knows about and knows your work will fit in well, too, and and encourages you to submit to that. And then you get into that local museum show and then they're aware of your work for future calls and then that's on your resume and people are like oh you've been in a museum show and it kind of gives you more credit so it's just like it's a building it's a building of both relationships with for your career and then it's it's a building of that resume of the different things that you're a part of because when people see that you have responsibly 
like put together been part of different shows or put together shows they know that oh i would want to work with them they have the experience they have the dedication to that and that's that's how you get there through all of uh your work um have you ever experienced um self-doubt have you ever thought about calling it quits and what has helped you keep going um so self-doubt is a thing that comes into play i think for most artists quite a bit and the uh remedy for that is just discipline <laughs> you just have you have to step up to that easel and get started and then that's the only way you're going to get through the self-doubt self self-doubt a lot of times holds you back from stepping up to the easel I'm, tur I'm turning a, a sports metaphor into an arts metaphor here. S stepping up to the plate, stepping up to the easel. You asked if there was ever a time I, I wanted to call it quits. And I would say that definitely like in my darkest moments, I've gone through periods of that, like with periods of depression, like, and that just feeds into it more because art is a thing that always kind of brings me life and brings me out of such places. Um, but art art has always saved me so so mm. it's and it's having the discipline to do it so many people can relate to that and i love your answer to like or the answer to, to self-doubt is just getting up and for you it's putting your paintbrush to the easel you know to the easel but for somebody else it's just you know getting in front of the computer and and if you're a writer and you know typing one sentence right it's mm -hmm. it's just really those baby steps in whatever field you're in to keep that motion forward um, and not stuck and that's what i took away from what you said definitely outside so what lessons from art you know have applied to your life in general yeah, I think that one of the biggest, this just reminds me of when I start a semester in a classroom and I'm, I'm like, every, everything in art is a metaphor for life. Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and here comes back in self-doubt. So I say a room in my, in my studio, in my classroom is that you can't say I can't. And I say, this is because do you think there's a better of chance chance of you being able to do this task if you say I can't or if you say oh I'm gonna try this and see how it goes or if you say I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be fabulous um so that that kind of brings it back to you know you got to be you got to be positive and optimistic I guess to even maybe that gets you to the discipline it all like feeds the circle, I think, right? It's it's like you have self-doubt and then you remind yourself that you can and then you get up and do the work, right? Mhm. Mm and it's and it's in the work that it once it gets going and it gets building that that's the momentum. So you you have to start and you can you can only start if if you step up to that yeah 
Okay, that's a good that's a good transition point for my next question, which are now that you're at the plate or at the easel, what are your professional habits? What do you do every day to continue making progress in your profession? Okay. Um, on the creative, can we start with the creative side? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, so I like to give myself time to just paint whatever I want to paint in the sense of I have these different like series. We were talking earlier about how I work in series. So I usually have about three of those going and at least a handful of painting in each series. And I make sure I have time each day to work on uh, hopefully one to four of them. I work for about an hour or two at a time on a piece. And then a lot of a lot of painting is about the time that you're not painting. So I work in oil paint, which actually like forces you to take a break and let it dry a little for a few days before you go back to work on more of a, a dry surface. Um, so that gives you the time that gives you time to reflect on what you did in your last session. And it gives you time to decide, Oh, should I do more? Um, and just the fact that I have so many going at once kind of allows me to see like what's drawing me in to want me to work on it. Um, then there's always, hopefully there are commissions or there are specific pieces for shows I've been asked to do. So you have to get that time in. And then there's the whole admin end, which, uh, we've talked about before the social media and the, and the connecting to people and following up on things. Um, but those are usually three main parts of my, of my day in the studio. What's your next bold move? Um, actually, my next bold move is a physical move. I'm actually going to, yeah, um, I'm going to move about, uh, it's actually like 25 miles as, as the crow flies, but it's about 50 miles drive um, to Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, which has a great little arts community. Um, and it's still close to the city. It's a 45 minute ferry ride to the city. So I don't have to give up my communities here and my connections here and I can continue to build them. But I'm really excited to see how living near the ocean affects my work. And I hope, I hope it affects it in a bold way. Or maybe, maybe it'll be much more subtle work. I I'm not sure how, how the nature is going to inspire me but um that's my bold move and it will definitely create bold shifts in my creative practice i love that always a always a, a new way to find inspiration that you're seeking seeking and that's so inspirational um to find that creative energy in the world around you seth so i really appreciate that um all right now really my last question what do you know today about being bold that you wish you would have known earlier on? Um, I think I learned it earlier on and now I actually really understand and believe it. I had a professor, yeah, I had a professor in undergrad at Syracuse University, uh, Jerome Witkin. And he told me directly one day when we were looking at a drawing I was doing, he said, you have to make 
every mark as though the world depends on it. So he was he was saying you have to be bold. Like every everything you do has to be done with intention, like we were saying. Um, and you you just really have to believe that it matters. What you are doing matters, and each part of what you are doing matters. And I think I've lived my life as an artist creating work knowing that each paint stroke that I make is important to the work or important in the process of the work unfolding. But I think looking back, like just really knowing, really knowing the truth in that. What an amazing place to leave off. Thank you for sharing that insight. I want to find out from you where people can connect with you if they want to check out your art, they want to commission a piece from you, they want to feature you in a gallery. So where can people learn more about the artist Seth Ruggles Heiler? Well, I'm on the Instagram and uh, my name on there is Seth Paints Us. Seth Paints Us. And um, there you can see what is going on in my studio, what shows I'm doing. Um, you can look back on my work for years there. And an another good place is to go to www.sethruggleshiler.com. Um, and all these series I'm talking about, uh, there are five of them that are that have galleries with, with re recent work from each. Um, and you can contact me on Instagram through direct messaging. And then on my website, it has a contact button through my email. I have loved this conversation so much, Seth. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, we've never talked this in depth about your work. And it's been so fun to get a more behind the scenes um, description about what you do, why you do, how you do it. So thanks for sharing your time with me. And like I said, it's been so inspirational for me just to know you um, and to to connect with somebody who thinks about the world a little bit differently than me. So thank you for all the inspiration you've given to me over the years. And I just want to leave everybody with um, with a see you in the next episode. And if you are loving these episodes, I really, really hope that you will subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another one. Just go up into that very right-hand corner of Apple Podcasts and hit follow. Um, it's probably very similar on all the other podcast apps as well. So give me a follow and we will see you next time. Thanks everyone, bye-bye.